0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt Cook and Bobby Brown. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Cook. I've got Mr. Bobby Brown as our co-host. Always Always entertaining, Mr. Bobby Brown, so always bringing us the stories and inside scoop, and my goodness, is this week, oh, we have some topics this week, Mr. Bobby Brown, and I cannot wait to dive into it, so just to give the audience a little bit of a heads up to kind of our flow for tonight, we're going to talk about the Fortinet Championship, and we're going to recap that, Uh, we're going to dive into the upcoming President's Cup, and then... You know, it starts getting a little interesting because Mr. Bobby Brown might be updating us on a uh, President's Cup player that might be leaving for live golf. Uh, We've got the live golf letter that uh, went over to the official world golf rankings and uh, the head over there. We've got Bryson versus the rope which uh, is the title of this episode. And my goodness, I can't wait to dive into that one. I'm just going to sing true colors.
1: I'm 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 glad I'm glad the world got to see what we've all been seeing for the last five or five or six years. Reminds me of a story. I got to tell you a little story about my first Dick encounter with him in Mayakoba some years back with. uh,
0: Absolutely. And then we've got live golf, Chicago and uh, that recap, but without further ado, Bobby, let's dive right into yes. Max Homa's win at Fortinet wow. and that recap. How was that week out there?
1: Well, it was good. I mean, it was super rainy and shitty on on Sunday, but it was a great week. I mean, the golf course was in great shape. I think I told you on Tuesday I was walking around with our boy Jimmy, Jimmy Hahn, and I could see the green. I I could, you know, they had had a big heat wave there for two weeks. It's funny. One guy was telling me that would that worked at the resort there that they got up to 115 degrees like the week before the tournament. So the green showed it. When we got there, you could tell that they had been putting a lot of water on it. So, um, you know, we played, uh, Troy was in Coeur playing some some deal or something. He got his first win of the year. I didn't get jack jackshipped or whatever it was he won. He won 67, 66. So he was excited about that. He came out and played the Pro-Am on Wednesday and it looked like shit. We had those, <laughs> we had three Pro-Am guys, gosh. And, and uh, one of them was so fucking annoying. God, I don't want to talk shit about Pro-Am guys, but you always get one guy that's like, we tee off on number 10 and it was it was 8 in the morning. The ball doesn't go anywhere there, you know. You're in that little valley. And um and it's cool and the ball just doesn't fly. And he can control a driver that's not going to go farther than a little over 300 yards. So we're on the ten tee and this guy, you know, Troy pulls out driving. The guy's like, Troy, you're hitting hidden driver here? And we're like, oh, here we go. And I happened to introduce myself to him a few minutes before that and we randomly have a mutual friend that plays at this guy's Club Vaquero in Dallas, which is a pretty ritzy club. And don't ever let me do that again. Try and find common ground. Unless I know they're tipping me a couple hundred often during the round. I'm not fucking finding common ground. So this guy was a pain in the ass. And um, this guy probably wouldn't have shot 45 on his own ball, but I was texting this mutual friend, and I'm like, hey, I just met so-and-so, and I didn't run and tell him what a dick he was acting like. And uh, he's like, can you believe that this guy masquerades as like a plus one or a plus two? Or he said a plus one to plus three, and everybody gives him shit at his club about it. I'm getting off page already. but And then I'm like, this guy's more like a 13. But so it was annoying, and I could tell Troy was over it after three or four holes, he was you know, when you've been there 10 different times, he's just looking at the golf course, and and I'm chirping in his ear a little bit about conditions, and it was still pretty firm on Wednesday, um, uh, but he hit these three drives, like, I got fucking worried, like, on Wednesday night, I'm tripping out, right, because he hit these three drives that were, like, fucking 40 to 60 yards right of the world, you know, and his coach is walking with us, and I'm you know, you you don't want to say like, what the fuck is going on or what is that? But I did say that to his coach. I'm like, what is that? And he's like, Oh, he's way underneath it, and you know, his transition's all fucked up. And I'm like, So I went home Wednesday night and I was just like blah, 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 back at my hotel. I'm like, oh, wait, didn't weren't we in the second to last group here last year? He's just played golf for two days, he should be ready to go. So needless to say, when they come out Thursday, they're different players. But on Thursday, we had a we were scheduled to go. 157 or something like that yeah, and about half, yeah half hour into play we got the we got the big fog delay for about an hour and a half so it's it's weird when you tee off at three o'clock it's even weirder when you tee off at three o'clock for round one what's even weirder than that is predicting that these greens are going to get firm and nobody gives you the fucking heads up that they wanted the shit out of them wednesday night so we got i got a caught a little off guard on that because the first couple of holes you're playing this major bounce and run out and it's like wait, did that just chew right there? Did that just dig in, you know, and it didn't take us but a few holes to, you know, figure out. Obviously, he's got a ton of experience. I got a little bit myself. So, we figured it out, and he didn't do anything fancy on Thursday. He got around there and won over. It was kind of, it was kind of one over right off the bat, and then he got it back, and then he fought it back to one under, and he did what he needed to do. So, I felt a little bit better, better than I felt on Wednesday night. So, so there was a big, you know, this is one of those weeks. There's a big difference between the morning wave and the afternoon wave scoring. So, you know, we got our chance in the morning. The next morning, he took full advantage of it. He shot three under. You know, I think um, uh, who the hell my memory's losing me, but somebody shot nine under the first day, didn't they, Justin Loward. Yeah. yeah, Justin Loward went for nine, and I'm like, what golf course is he playing? And I know Max went for maybe seven, and somebody else went for. 7-2, so, but you kind of expect that out of max you remember how we were talking about who we liked last week and i'm yep. like well you know max name's come max name's gonna come up but i like all the california guys right because they know poe and they they just put good on poe you know especially really good poe and this was so we got out there thursday morning um took care of some business three under woke up and got i mean excuse me friday now the greens are fucking rock hard on friday right so the morning's not playing that easy so it was, it just was random how they got it all. Sometimes I wish they would give us a heads up. Hey, we overwatered the greens or we did this or we let the greens go. So we swung into the weekend. Um, four under. I want to say that the leaders got to 12-ish or something yep, like that. It was <laughs> 12.
0: It was home <laughs> but, at 12. Yeah.
1: So but Matt, you could tell that this golf course was gonna get hard, right? So the winning score. So I was thinking to myself, I'm like, well, the, the, well, unless somebody goes bonkers crazy. And they really water these greens again overnight, not to lose them. Then we're close to the winning score right now. I thought it would be about fourteen or or fifteen under. So I was thinking, oh, good. You know, when you when you're when you're when you make the cut, it's a great thing, right? But if you're a little bit far back out of contention, you got to go Yahtzee on Saturday. And the big goal is to like get within five of the lead Sunday because you actually have a mathematical chance of doing some really good some really good things. So. Um, we started saturday morning made a couple quick birdies got to 6 under and then that fucking putter showed up again i don't know what oh, is going no. on with the putty, and he did not make jack shit he ended up pissing a couple back finished the day finished the day at 4 under and uh i was just like oh here we go again with this putter you know and it doesn't look like the strokes off or anything Anything that I can see to myself, you know, but when your player comes back to you and you've heard it a bunch and he's like, oh, I put it a little bit back at my stance this time. And, you know, my takeaway was a little longer, that kind of stuff. When you hear three or four different things now, I think it's it's it's, it's, they're searching, right? You've been there before. Yeah, he's tweaking a little bit for sure. And but he kept his shit together. And then we got out there Sunday. Uh, Saturday, I will tell you, we got, we got to play with that kid who was pretty highly regarded out of college. We played with him Saturday and Sunday. Chris got her up. Remember the kid that was yep. doing all the U.S. Open? Super bomber. He didn't have his he didn't have his a shit on Saturday. That's for sure. You know, he had a hard time keeping um driver and play. God, he hits it forever when he gets one, man, forever. He was probably, you know. He was usually out of play. He was, he, he, he he hits this kind of low penetrating cut, but I don't know if he was giving himself enough space, you know, because everything was going up right center and then like cutting and everything was a crosswind. We were dealing with the normal southwest to southeast wind. So anyways, um, into Sunday's round, never really got anything going early. You know, the forecast was it was rainy. It was windy. It was disgusting. And what happens to me on the 13th hole? When this major 30-mile-an-hour wind comes in, I can't even hold the fucking umbrella up. So we finish the hole to go to 14T, and I go to put the umbrella, and it fucking shoots. No. At a different pit, And it's not Titleist's fault, you know. But the fucking umbrella part comes off. There's fucking, I almost get poked in the eye. There's shit everywhere, you know. Looks like Edward Scissorhands out there, my umbrella. You remember that movie, Edward Scissorhands? <laughs> oh, I, I do. Know only as oh, Absolutely. Guys. Yeah. So, and Troy hates the umbrella anyways, right? But all I'm thinking is it's going to It's pissing rain like this, you know, we we have a chance to do something good, maybe finish in the top 30 or top 25, make some decent points, make some fucking cash. Yeah. You know, more importantly, cuz now it's a now it's all about money. Every shot you're thinking about the money and um I was just so rattled by that for like two holes and he he wasn't. You know what I was more rattled about? I was more rattled about the fact that I had to go 13, 12, or 13 more holes, and I was going to see all my buddies like a fairway or two fairways over, and they'd be like, "Oh my God, Bobby and Troy don't have a fucking umbrella, and it's pissing right." That's what that. That's what I was so irate about. So, um, uh, we made it through the round, man. We we he kept battling. And he was hanging it even. For the day and then we got to nine this fucking dog league right to left it's kind of a hittable par five it really wasn't for us honestly with that wind on sunday but there's a hazard down the right and he pushed one just stayed out of the hazard chipped through the fairway long story short made fucking seven last hole of the day and uh and uh i will tell you midway through that round especially like on two three two three and four kind of the teeth of the golf course especially for him he's had tr- he's had trouble with those holes in the past you know he's got I'm going to say he's got a five-footer, a five-footer, and a three-footer. The the two five-footers were for birdie to get some momentum going, you know, to maybe get to six or seven under par. And the other one was to save par. And they were all left. They were outside left putts, you know. And, um, uh, fuck, they never had a chance, man. They missed, like, two balls balls low. Good news. Good news is he calls me in right off the bat on third. Caught me off guard on this par five. I called it. Yes, on 16. Let me tell you the only good Bye. part of the week. <laughs> I got like through two good parts of my week, and that was it. On 16 on Thursday, he's like, take a look. And I'm like, why is it? And it's a six-footer, and I'm like, why is he having me read this inside left pot that I've seen on Poana Greens 18,000 times? So I go through my little routine, and I pop back up, and he goes, you got to go on a little right. I go, I go, yeah. And we were paired with Charlie Hoffman, and he and me and him are good friends, so he tries to fuck with me. Earlier in the day that day, Troy made about a 90-footer across the green on two, where I wasn't even standing anywhere close. I couldn't believe it went in. We walked by, and Charlie always says, that good read, Bobby. And I turned around, and I go, it's fucking Poe Anachuk. What do you expect? What did you really expect? So he calls me in on this putt. He goes, you got to go on a little right. I go, oh, yeah, it's going a little right. He goes, you sure? I go, it's going a little right. He goes, inside the hole or outside the hole? I go, definitely inside the hole. Boom, he buries it, right? So um, the next day, he calls us. So I was feeling good.
0: I was yeah, good. Buddy. And when he's
1: over that putt, I'm like, I know this is going to sound corny to our our viewers and listeners, but I'm like, this is what I fucking do. I'm a Poana fucking yeah. special. Put me on Bermuda, and I'll just flip a coin on what I think is going to happen, because they seem to break three ways, and they always end, end up to be putts that are inside the hole, from my experience. So... Um, so Saturday, he calls me in on another one, um, which is on number three. And this one's a little funkier, though, and it's to save part because he just missed the green with from fucking 88 yards with a 58 degree, which I don't know how that happened. But he came up and out of it and it got into a bad spot, chipped it up there to like 14 feet pin high. And it's in a valley. So you have mountains behind and mountains to the side. And then there's the valley and where it would be San Francisco and the bay and everything. So, you know, everything's going to roll off the mountains. Right. And then wind up probably going to the low point towards the valley the bay so i'm grinding on this 14 footer and i'm like i don't see shit. i can't see anything he goes you see anything i go no he goes to tendency left center right center i'm like i don't see anything it's straight so he buried that he buries that one too right so now i'm feeling really good about myself and then we got to 14 this par three on saturday which was probably the easiest read it was a four footer sliding left to right you know and he, and this was in the midst of his putting struggles. And he goes, you better take a look at this one. I'm not feeling too good right now. So I jumped in there and I'm like, oh, it's left edge, you know? And I'm like, it's a little three and a half footer for birdie to get us going. And he shoves it right off the bat and misses it. So I did not get the fucking trifecta. I only got the derby. And oh. But uh, T57, yippee doodles, 18,000 in his pocket, four points, um, and there's nothing there's nothing worse than going back to your hotel room. I had a red eye that night, not till 11 o'clock. So I got an extended checkout and you know, I was sitting there laying in bed and I'm like, okay, we got, it's time fucking for a new putter, right? Cause he always travels with this backup odyssey. So I get his coach, his coach calls me and we're talking and I'm like, Hey, you know, I don't want to overstep my boundaries and you know how Troy is and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, it's fucking time. New look, new attitude, right? It can't get, it can't get any worse. It's a new I season. Mean, Yeah, it's a new season. So the coach was all for it. So I got home that I got home the next morning and I, I'm pretty good buddies with Joe Tulin, the Odyssey guy, you know, and we're trying to match up. Troy uses that old elbow kind of putter, a yes putter. They haven't been in business for years. So I was talking to Joe and I'm like, man, we're putting bad. Just a heads up, but I'm going to get, if it's okay with you, I'm going to give Steve Dalby, Troy's coach, your number and we can powwow about, you know, because he doesn't like Scotties because he thinks Scotties come off fast a little bit, you know, and you and I think he putted That's for an eye with the white hot for a long, long time. And you know, those come off they come off pretty soft and slow. You can feel almost feel the golf ball on the face. Yeah. So had a little powwow and I made a deal with the coach. I'm like, I'm not let's let Troy think about resonate for two days, you know, not be so pissed off. And but I couldn't wait. Yeah. And when I got back on Monday I text Troy and We're just talking about some stuff, maybe some games or something like that. And I'm like, hey, man, I think it's I'm not (laughs) I'm not talking shit or anything, but I think it's time to maybe put another putter in the rotation. And I said the same thing. I'm like, new look, new attitude. He goes, funny you said that when I jacked that whatever five footer on number four. He goes, that's all I could think about the rest of the day. And he goes, and then I made that nice putt on five to say par, And I'm like, yeah, but the 25-footer for Burry was fucking pathetic. He goes, I made that little one on six. And he's going over to all – and he goes, I almost made, made that putt for bogey on nine. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be as easy as I thought. But his coach got my back, Steve, a little bit. He talked to Joe Tulin. So Troy's got some hit and giggle. I think he plays with the boys on Friday – Friday afternoons in Boise. And we came to the agreement that he was going to take one of those putters – Um, one of his backup putters out, I I mean, and and play with it for a little bit and see how it goes. And in the meantime, I'm pretty sure that Joe Tulin is putting together a little package of one to three putters that'll be waiting for Troy at Vegas. So we'll keep you posted on how that goes. But it was a great finish, Max Homa. I mean, can I say something? I've seen a lot of finishes in professional golf, but I've never seen that shit whatsoever. And when I was laying in my bed waiting for this red eye, you know, I'm watching it, And number one, I couldn't believe that Max, you know, hit that cross bunker from the middle of the fairway because that thing, that thing's, you know, and I kind of turned away for a second. Did he miss hit it, or was it a bad club, or did they get the wind wrong? Do you, did you watch it? I I didn't pick it up from his. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't pick it up from his swing. I, I kind of saw it, and I'm like, whoa, hang on a second, you're a little short there. that's ten, that's ten yards short of the front edge, yeah. you know. He was kind of in the middle of it. So, you know, I don't know if they got a gust or if he 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 probably man, he doesn't miss hit many shots though, right? No. So, anyways, however it ended up there, it ended up there. And then where he chipped in from was if you were there all week, it was really like burnt out and thin like there was no grass underneath it whatsoever right and that thing was going 80 miles an hour and he made it and showed some emotion and, and i'm and i'm thinking to myself hey, what a great finish he's going to finish second right danny's got a little three and a half footer and when danny was over that three and a half footer they had max and joe griner as caddy you know and i'm like what what are they thinking right now wow what a great week we finished second or what are you really thinking maybe he can jack this pot right maybe we can get into a playoff and um I don't know, golf's weird, man. It was the pressure. I heard his press conference afterwards saying that he got a little bit confused on on the read. But if you know Danny Willett the way we do, he's 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 like really really upper echelon putter. Like he makes a, a lot of pots, almost all pots inside ten feet, and they don't miss like that. So I'm gonna say it was pressure. And then if that ball was going by, I'm like, <clears throat> whoa, how far yeah. does he have coming back? I thought it was like six feet, but it turns out it was like five feet. And you know the rest of the story. He's you're not gonna make that after that. So here here you here Max is probably going, Oh, maybe we can get into a playoff to hoisting the trophy and Max having all the class that he does, and Danny having all the class that he does too. You know, I think they made light of the situation. And Danny's like, hey, golf's, golf's weird, man. I did I did everything that I needed to do and I misread a putt. And you know, and he always he always thinks of the upside, Danny. He's a little feisty and a little sassy. On the golf course. You know what? I think it was a funny story too was his regular caddy. He had a different caddy on the bag this week, a guy that had worked for Thomas Tree in the past and a little bit with Hao Tong Lee. And I saw him early in the week. I, I go, Who are you working for? And he goes, I'm working for Danny Willett. And I go, Well, where the fuck is Smarty? He goes, Oh, he went to work for Cam Tringali on the live tour. Oh,
0: I'm
1: like, Oh, Smarty Pants is taking the easy money. But when Danny had that putt for three foot, for three feet to win the thing, I'm like, oh, wow, smart. He just fucked himself out of $140,000, you know, because I saw Cam turn golly, finished 15th and paid two something, maybe 180 or 200. Does that sound about right on the lip? About right. I did, I, I did, I did the math. He still cost him. It'll all even out in the long run with those lift purses, but he costs himself thirty or 40000 But it's weird how you get a caddy change or something like that, and those, those kind of things go down. But it was a great week. It was a great tournament. Um, they took really, really good care of us. Uh, they always do. They spend extra money with our food and that kind of stuff. They had a couple concerts. They had... Um, a country guy on Friday night, Cole Swindell. I don't, I don't oh, know any yeah. country. I think he's pretty big. And then they had a band that my nine-year-old loves, a band called One Republic, played on Saturday night. So we had a lot of people. We had a lot of people out there on Friday and Saturday. You couldn't find anybody with the search warrant, really, except for the last group on Sunday with the shitty weather. And um, uh, one down. I mean, we had, you know, shockingly, usually those rookies, that rookie class, you get a lot of guys that make a cut and a lot of guys that are in contention because it's that kind of golf course. It's not very long, you know, it's yeah. not like Ori South or a Riviera where the cream kind of rises to the top. Anybody can get it done and be in the mix. But I think I counted only four or five true rookies, like true rookies made the cut, which was surprising. Um, Leading the pack was Taylor Montgomery, that big stud that we've been talking about. Um his dad is director of golf at shadow creek on a side note and people have been raving about him for a couple of years he, he, he's super long he drives it a little crooked but somehow he gets in the hole so he finished third right off the bat um a kid a kid out of georgia that's highly regarded top 10 finished ninth his name is davis thompson and it, great things have been said about him um i'm gonna say the only other rookie that had a good finish was a Oh, a guy named i'm going to say a kid named harrison endicott and his deal was he made the cut on the number and he was the rabbit on sunday and on saturday and we went into twosomes on saturday and the rabbit means there's an odd number of players he had the worst score so he goes out first right and he shoots 65 to put himself in contention to get a nine under and i think he he finished there so you know it was it was a good show it was a show, good showing by them um there was another rookie that's pretty that i got to see up close in the corn Ferry tour finals last year his name's austin Eckroat. you might know that name from oklahoma state he was a beast he played with matt wolf um he made the cut i told you the kid from oklahoma we actually played with him saturday and sunday chris got her up let me tell you something about Chris got up. He didn't have it Saturday and Sunday. He kept fighting. He is a 23 year old superstar in training that never maybe dropped a couple F bombs and was pissed off the way he was hitting the driver and didn't make a couple putts, but man, he had the maturity of Troy Merritt of a 35 year old. So I look for, I look for big things out of him. The Dick watch. Remember the two dicks. Remember yeah. I told you there were two dicks, Brandon Matthews and Brent Grant. So, so Here's my Dick watch. Okay, Dick watch. That sounds so good. <laughs> this Brandon Math. Brandon Math. super bomber. who Drives the 18th green in Evansville, Indiana. Wears the fucking beige belt with the black pants and everything like that. It reminds me a little bit of Brian Har- Harmon. Like he's kind of a hunter, or maybe he's colorblind. I don't know. But um. Uh, oh, the poor little baby was six over through nine holes and decided to withdraw. Oh. Rookie. Rookie with WDs. And the other little. I was made for this game. Fist pumper on every hole. Brand so Grant. Grant grinded his ass off I think to shoot even par and he missed the cut by a couple shots so um no harm no foul there but Bobby
0: he was meant for this what? game
1: what he was meant for this game <laughs> I, who was I saying <laughs> it was somebody we were paired with I was um uh oh there's an English guy out there named Callum Taren do you know that name he was a rookie no. last year, and he and he is I saw him in the Corn Ferry Tour finals a few years ago and he you're just like man this guy the ball makes another sound like he can get he hoists it, he hits it a long way, he hits the proper shot, he spins the shit out of it, and he was going after flags, he missed the cut, he was rusty, but I was talking to him about, you know, I'm like, he's like, oh, Daniel won another one, talking about my son Daniel, he's like, God, that's like five, what the fuck, and I'm like, I know, I can't believe it, and I go, about two holes later, we're laughing, and I go. It's funny. I asked Daniel. I go. Um, uh, I go. You don't need to tell me who the good players are coming out of the Corn Fairy Tour. I already know that. But tell me who the dicks are, right? And so Calum's like, "Well, who'd he say?" And I go, "Brandon Matthews." He goes, "Spot on," and and I and I go, Brent Grant." He goes, "Fucking double spot on." <laughs> and before I could say anything, he goes, "I was meant for this game." A <laughs> guy that's missing the cuts walking down the fairway with two oh, holes to go. You gotta love He's it. Still having fun. And then and then we were past Brent Grant on one hole, and he had some chick out there with him, and. She has nothing to get excited about, let's put it that way. One of your typical uh, rookie Lululemon-wearing girlfriends who are enjoying their moment, following their potential husband around. But not all bodies are made for those spandex pants, and she qualifies for that. But on another episode, maybe when I'm really sassy, I'm going to tell you the good things that Callum Terran told me not so good things about this chick that is latched on to Brant Grant, but we'll wait and see if if he yep. does it <laughs> cool. and and, and, it, and we'll bring it up again. I love after it. My, Ash, after berating Ashley Perez last week, I gotta take it easy on the <laughs> I can't really I can't really say too much. But maybe I will let a little bit a little bit slip. So that's kind of our rundown from Fortnite. It wow. was nice I to come out. Yeah. You know here I am I took that long red eye. Can I say something about these red eyes? I thought I was a genius on Delta getting that seat, that exit row seat where you can put your feet out in front of you and there's nobody in front of you. Bogey. They are not that comfortable. I got to tell you, they're not. My legs were stiffening up. Somebody got kicked off the plane in the back. You know, it's the first time I've ever seen anybody booted off a plane like a whole family of seven. And I'm like, I didn't hear any ruckus back there or anything like that. I couldn't figure out why they got booted and I'm like, oh, maybe they're trying to smuggle alcohol on or had a little shots or something like that. So I got back yesterday and I'm still tired, man. I I, I lay down. I don't I don't go to bed very early, you know, with my little side shoe business. Most of my deals are in California. So I got to stay up till midnight or 1 a.m. And I'm watching something on, trying to find something on Hulu or Netflix. But I did lay down in bed at like 8.20 last night and woke up at 6.30. So I'm a little bit tired. I actually can see I got some bags. In them. I can't plan. believe
0: you do the red eyes so much. Yeah. I mean, it, it I got gets those little exhausting. Boys at,
1: man, I got the little boys at home, though. Yeah, there, was yeah, a time, a there was a time when I would, would wait till Monday and I would be like, oh, I wouldn't even think about leaving after, you know, I'm older. I'm 58 and I am wasn't super fit out there. And I made a bad mistake of trying a new pair of Air Max tennis shoes on, these running club ones. Oh, bad no. mistake. They fucked my feet Blisters. up no not blisters but just there's no cushion on the bottom you know it's just a firm bottom it's like hey I love J's as much as you do you know but a J there's only certain J's that are caddy shoes and it's not the basketball shoes it's almost like they have a firm button, a firm bottom so but I got a little bit of rest and I'm back in the I'm back in the swing of things. I had to take my car in. I got this Mercedes 350, and Lori's like, the it went out in the Mercedes. <laughs> you know, I got that text 30 minutes before we tee off. The Audi is not, you know, at 1,400p arms and still jumpy, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're a school teacher. I don't fuck with you before you go to work. you got to have your head on straight. So I had to read her the riot act, but I took the Mercedes in because – AC service, right? Yeah, it's about twenty seven hundred dollar compressor on the AC. So oh, no really, now I'm really mad at Troy for not making any puts. End up losing money, but here I am talking to you. What else you got? I'm done with Northern California. <laughs> I need a week off. I, I do want to just point I don't out one thing. not week anymore.
0: <laughs> when the broadcast panned right after Max made that chip. And they uh-huh. pan directly into Danny Willett's face. And he just had this, like, uh, like he couldn't believe what just happened, but he had a smile on his face. He did. And you just knew that, like, that jostled him. Yeah. And I go, yeah. oh, this, three po- this, for whatever reason, whenever I see that length, I'm like, oh, he's got it. Like, this, this is over. But with him, I sat there and I go, this ain't over. Mm-mm. I was like, he might miss this first putt, but I didn't think that he was going to blow it by yeah, fucking no, five I mean, feet.
1: That green is weird. It looks so flat on TV, but it sneaky runs away from the front all, all the way to the back. And you don't even, if you're a rookie out there and you're not there three or four days ahead of time, or you haven't watched this tournament on TV, you're probably scratching. You're probably scratching your head. Cause it's one of those courses you got to actually be over a couple of times, especially on the greens. And it takes driver out of a lot of a longer guys hands but i saw that and danny's a little kind of a eh, raspy talking you know you could tell he was probably a street brawler growing up and he's got that mentality a little
0: scrappy he just he's looks scrappy. scrappy.
1: Yeah, he's scrappy for sure. I think you I, I think he's probably gotten to a few brawls and he's probably undefeated, maybe a couple of ties or something like that. But he's always he's always a kick in the pants to get paired with too because he's he's bubbly and he's upbeat. God, he looks like he's on something. He's just, you know, moving hundred miles an hour all the time and he's so into his golf and he's such a hard worker and he hadn't done much the last couple of years. Because you remember when he burst onto the scene over here, he was, you know, he was well, he won the masters, he, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. I mean I told okay, maybe. I mean I'm, it was Jordan Speed's debacle,
0: but yeah, but, but I mean that's the master
1: nobody ever really remembers, though. That and the Trevor Immelman master. Sorry, sorry, President's <laughs> that, Cup. That's
0: actually a good point because it's they really, really are. Those are. The
1: ones you don't really remember for, for some reason. Hey, a green jacket's a green jacket, you know, and he's got he's got a boatload of game, just goes to show you from you know, unlike other tours, um our our tour from top to bottom is still is still pretty solid are we diving into other tours right now well no. let's
0: talk a little bit about the president's cup oh damn it yeah we're, we're oh. almost there so yeah. people be patient with us here because yeah. we're gonna dive into it we're gonna dive yeah. hard once right. we get uh, past the president's cup here but who do you
1: like i mean usa well, stacked i mean yes. does the
0: international team have no. a chance
1: no. yeah no. I didn't they think don't so. They don't have a chance. I, you know, in that Jimmy Hahn practice round, Cam Davis was out there with him too. And he just, you know, he's a ball. I've, I've talked about it. He's a ball striking machine, but he just looked way off for him. I don't think Corey Connors was in the field. I don't think he really played that good either. Um Taylor Pendrith of all people, he missed the cut last week. And obviously they were only there because they hadn't played golf in, you know, or two or three weeks. And they were trying to get one under their belt before the President's Cup. But I don't see him have a shot in hell. And I've been on both sides I've done a couple of those things and and this I mean honestly I don't even think it's going to stay close I think it's going to be like what we went through when I worked for Siwoo in Jersey where it was almost over on Saturday and I think you know don't uh, I probably have as many friends on the international team players and caddies especially all those Koreans I get along so good with um but I just don't fuck I don't see it man I mean It's tough. to On paper, it's just
0: not even comparable. But here's for the audience listening. I'm going to give one little one little thing here to watch out for. Watch out for Tom Kim, because if this kid gets locked in, he doesn't miss shots. Like, that's how he ended up winning. He had that streak where at the uh, right before the Open Championship, he played the Scottish Genesis Open and went off and went Yahtzee on Sunday. But I'm curious because he's the one to look out for at 20 years old. They've already done a lot of press and media coverage around him. His age being... I, I don't even know if he's the youngest. I, I can't recall if they've said that um, in the President's Cup, but they're making a big deal about his age and about being on the President's Cup team. Now, the one thing to really look out for is, does this carry over to match play? If he gets locked in, is the mm-hmm. pressure going to be too much for him, or well, is it not?
1: Well, I, I think he can... Well, this is... well. Well, let me just tell you this. This is a whole different kind of pressure. This isn't a four-round stroke play. I mean, look at you know. I don't know if you've seen on you know TV today and yesterday what number one looks like. I told you it's like a dome stadium, and that walk up, that that walk underneath those grandstands onto that first tee is going to be a feeling that he's never had. But I'm gonna. You want to make a friendly wager? I'm gonna yeah. give a friendly wager. I say that Tom Kim, my over and under is a half a point. I'm gonna give him a half a point. In and he's going to pair up with one of those Koreans, and I'm guessing it's going to be Sung Jae. Okay, so I look for him to get a half a point max. I don't care who you who you, you Wow! You I'm going to bet right now. Yeah. I'm going to bet you one hundred yeah. penny yep. that he get that my over and under oh, is a, half a point, and I'll tell you why Koreans hate Quail Hollow. I don't know what it is. I've worked for two of the best, Se Woo Kim and Sung J M, and I don't know what it is about them. One of them missed a cut, and the other one, W D, and it's like there's something about that golf course they do not like. And I don't. I'm and maybe I'm going to be completely wrong, but we got a hundred pennies on it. I don't like this Tom Kim guy already. And I don't even really know him. I think he's I think he's gonna transition into one of those Koreans that people don't like, like Mr. Hotshot. And-
0: I hope not, man. Little Dickie, we need him. We need him to be stay on the good side, you know? I mean, he's trying to get private lockers or not private lockers, private showers out there. I mean, yeah. this is 18 Quail get quarter behind we'll, me. We'll get
1: that in Quail Hollow. You get whatever you want in the president's cup, but my hat's off to him. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. He's a good he's a great player. I've talked about how I think his game on certain courses and i don't know well, well this is, is a long course it's a bomber's course don't don't kid yourself rory wins there max wins there twice max yeah. moves it out of it you know and it's it's you know well, i, you I think jason I day went out there too i think he did ricky went out there ricky fowler went out there um one year our boy james hahn went out there when james yeah. hahn was moving it back in the day and ricky's not sure hey no, speaking he's not, not sure and he had a nice week at the Fortinet last week, if I'm not mistaken. He finished 8 eight to 10 under or something like that. So he was right in the mix. New caddy, new attitude, back to Butch, like we were always saying. And Wait, maybe- he went back to Butch? Yes, yeah, you didn't hear that last no. week. No. The news that he went back to Butch, yeah. Oh, sh- man, I was in a cave yeah. last week. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're getting married. Get used to that, pal. <laughs> you ain't coming out of that cave for thirty years. Your golf's down to one week. I can script how this. Wow, shit is I going can't now. believe yeah.
0: Ricky went back.
1: Yeah, so but we we've been talking about that, right? Yeah. We've been explaining that. Why do you get away from you the know greatest the teacher baby, of all time? Yes, and the babies. You know, the baby's a little older, so he probably had his year of traveling around and getting used to. You know, That's he's a good said, point. He, he's like the most popular figure out there for sure, as far as autographs go, other than Tiger, other than yeah. the big you know, they flock around Ricky and plus you um, get to go to Vegas. Yeah, well, there you go. You get to go to Vegas. So yeah. you know, you get to go in and see and see the see the legend himself, Butch. So it was hats off to Ricky for playing good, but back to this president's cup. I think it's gonna be I think it's just going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be over. You know, there's guys out there on that American team that got something to prove. Billy Horschel and Max Homa are taking shit because if it wasn't for, you know, if it wasn't for Liv, they wouldn't be on that team. And that gets those two guys fucking fired up. And I wouldn't want to deal with Max Homa. You know, I would say Billy probably handles it early better. Max has got to be feel super comfortable on that golf course being a two-time winner, though. Um, Popping his cherry there. Coming
0: off of a freaking win. I mean, this dude just
1: looks super comfortable. Or... Four yeah. wins in the last 41 starts. He's winning at a 10%, a 10% clip. And I think I read that he was his first 88. It took him 88 starts to win one. It's funny. I see all those live guys, those paid live tweeters and that kind of stuff. And they're like, Max Homer wouldn't even make Dustin Johnson's team. And Max Homer's not even good enough for the live. And I'm like, Max Homer would be like the fucking fourth best player on the live. And he certainly. I, th- I think he's better than Taylor Gooch. I mean, honestly, in yeah. the last two years, he's I definitely agree with better them. than Patrick Reed. And fucking Perez is competitive. I mean, Perez played a little bit better and used a couple of his scores, but he's still bottom line as he finished fucking 31st out there, you know?
0: Did anybody hit the jackpot like Pat Perez did? Mm. I mean, <laughs> talk about getting the luckiest break ever
1: by DJ street. bringing I him thought- in. I know I got a little scoop I got a little scoop there I can't it's it's more of like rumor can I spread rumors it's scoop I got it from a good source but the scoop is is that Dustin is getting fed up with Pat and his loud mouth and his antics and woe is me and that kind of stuff and he gave me bigger scoop that Dustin's not a big fan of all this uh social shit he has to do with live like go to these welcoming parties and get all dressed up and be you know, he's the face of that tour, right? It's yeah, basically Dustin Johnson. It's him Cam, and Cam. Smith. Yeah, it's the Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith tour. And I can see Cam being in that situation more than Dustin because Dustin keeps to himself and he's not hes not comfortable being social. You know, that's just the bottom line. So this source. That's why like, he drinks and
0: rips rails. I mean, yeah. it makes sense.
1: <laughs> I can tell a real good friend story about Jersey and Rails and the American team, but I just did. <laughs> Caddy Ann, Caddy employer player brother He <laughs> came in on a private jet. With friend. <laughs> I know all about it, Johnson. You're speaking good with me. So, so, so this guy, this source, was telling me that that, and he's pretty close to that Dustin Johnson team, and he said Dustin could just w- would just take us and some million after four years and if this team thing doesn't blow up the way he thinks it's going to blow up he, sh- he might just cash out his chips and and call it a career and that would be a huge loss for them because honestly they're not you three can't years bobby three yeah years was it gone. three oh, okay so we think it's three but nobody said this contract it could be four the source told me that these contracts some of them are under lock and key and it could actually be Four years, And he's waiting to see how this team thing's going to go down um, next year, which the same source told me we're going to get a little taste of how this team thing is going to go down in their championship that they have coming up at Trumpy's Place in Doral here after the next two tournaments. I think they go to Bangkok or something in a couple of weeks and then and then um Saudi Arabia. But I feel can I tell you the one thing I noticed most about the Fortinet? Not one peep, not one word was spoken that I heard all week about. The live tour so it's like everybody out here is like over it like okay let them go do their thing and it just seems to me that if you don't pay attention to their tweeters that they are losing a little steam perhaps and people are like man this is the same thing we see every single week it's dustin johnson it's going to be cam smith it's not that anticlimactic i know J- peter uline put the squeeze on him and i know that the dominating team of the what are the ace the acers right no the aces aces <laughs> I don't do that on purpose i <laughs> know you don't The <laughs> which <laughs> i'm into it you know they're dominating team performance they it was close again last week fat ass prez actually helped out a little bit i heard he got i heard he's going to get some disciplinary action i talked to a caddy that caddy in live last week i'm not going to mention his name but he made a lot of money so you could narrow it down to about four of them and he said This drunk crowd, these drunk crowds are fucking starting to get annoying that they can't get people to shut up and they're yelling shit in players' backswings. They're yelling shit in players' backswings that aren't in contention. And I go, man, you're getting a lot of people out there. And he goes, honestly, there was probably 10,000 people out there on the final day. He said, the first, he goes, but the fact is, is that 9,000 of those 10,000 people are all following the last group. So that's why Uh tweeters, these live guys are going off. Oh, you said it's not gonna work, no crowds. Well, it's all on one or two holes. And then he was telling me, he's like, man, if you, you you can go back and see Phil Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau play. And he's like, they're literally six to ten people following them around if they're not in contention. So, like I said, nobody said anything at Fortinet about it whatsoever. It's like, you know, guys, it's it's kind of the been there, done that tour other well, than Cam. Now you're starting to see though, that like
0: everybody is bringing it up over the president's cup because it's like that topic that it's like, well, guys aren't playing. The teams are weaker and so forth because of it. It's like, no, like the U S team is stacked. The international team. Yes. They, they got a little bit hurt because of it. But at the same time, it's like every question lately has been around live, but it was nice to have kind of that reprieve. And I think it's because live was actually having a, Event and everybody that was so live golf focused was looking at that versus all the questions coming in around you know fortinet and i i definitely it was enjoyable to experience everything because i mean shoot my sunday was live golf it was the giants it was fortinet right. and then it was the yankee game so didn't i, I mean, see you went to an asu game over the weekend i did i went saturday didn't yeah he I, get I got, fired got season two, tickets didn't, didn't oh, remember
1: yeah. get fired shortly thereafter for all the one?
0: Oh, it wasn't the shenanigans. I mean, they were just, they they played terrible. I mean, and it's the first Pac-12 team that's lost to a Mac team in uh, the the entire history of the Pac-12. So it was kind of embarrassing. And what's hilarious is that, like, the first half, he he didn't open up the playbook all that much, and yet they're getting destroyed. They're getting beat up left and right. And when you play so conservatively, and what's very interesting is that the AD at ASU was his agent. In the NFL, yeah,
1: I read that, and so they're
0: great buddies. So, like, that has to be an awkward conversation. Hey, man, we got to head into a different direction. Oh, and then obviously, I mean, you have the out because there's the allegations that went on. But I was talking about this actually last night at a dinner. I I don't know why. I mean, the athletes now are making money. Why are there still these allegations going on in these investigations? Like money's just flowing throughout. Like you can hide it so well through, you know, the likeness of a player selling jerseys, hats, whatever it may be. Like, I don't understand why the NCAA is still going down that path. It makes absolutely
1: no sense to me. I mean, it's part of the it's part of the game. Anyways, it's funny. I was talking to I was having breakfast with last week with Troy's coach, Steve Dalby, and his son was a it was his son was a long snapper that went through some tryouts and that kind of stuff and i guess they had a wide receiver or um a split end or something come off his team that is at a major college i'm not going to mention it but he was telling me the stories about the mom getting a brand new house when he signed with oh, this yeah. and that kind of stuff so it's like it just goes with the territory you know going back to the president's cup and billy and max getting snubbed saying that you know think about this though because um, uh, I think there's, I think Patrick Reed's wife has a burner account. She's kind of famous for it. It's called Just Golf Facts or something like that. It's everything great about Patrick Reed and how stupid everybody else is. But if you think about this, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, and Brooks Kepka, they would have never even come close to qualifying for that team, right? They would have had to lean on Davis to get a pick. So you can, th- yeah, that's a good point. Remember, remember how Davis on his podcast is like, "Hey, a couple of those guys that win are fucking cancer in the locker room, right?" So that's probably Bryson. And flip a coin between Brooks and Patrick Reed, you know, would they have even got picks anyways off of past reputation? I would
0: say it's got to be Patrick Reed more so than Brooks. Brooks yeah. actually seems like he can get along with people, even yeah. though he likes he to play this done. role that yeah. like I'm an athlete, nobody else is. So go screw yourself.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think he gets along with Bo more Jackson. guys
0: than those, He's those two.
1: He's the white Bo Jackson. Just ask him. I'll tell you. So anyways, <laughs> Back to live. I did see the, I, I did watch the end of it. Oh, no brasses, PGA Tour brass. But I, I did see the end of it because I'm always rooting against, um, I was rooting against Dustin, but you could tell that, that that Cam was in control of the golf tournament and he's a tough, he's a tough puppy. He's a tough puppy to beat. But I did notice what this caddy was saying about, you know, them, you know, Pinner, Sam Pinner, Cam's caddy. If you saw on national, tele, on national television, Jesus, did I say that? YouTube. On YouTube. That's far from national. Oh my God! Put my foot in my mouth a little bit more. Um, he was having trouble silencing the crowd and getting them getting them to shut up. You know, so we'll see how it goes. That you know, what what else you want to talk about? I feel well, like Bobby.
0: Here's the thing. So. Mm one of the things around live, obviously they sent the letter over to the official wow. World golf rankings wow. and that, I mean, there was a couple of things in there that kind of fell short in my, my opinion. And I'm, I'm a live golf like supporter, I'd say, because I try to be as neutral as possible on everything. And I see some of the benefits that come out of it, obviously with your ties to the PGA tour and everything, it, yeah. I kind of force you to kind of watch it and kind of be a part of it yeah. too. But at the same time, like this letter, And then I was actually listening to Paul McGinley talk about this because they asked him on the golf channel. They're like, so what, why shouldn't they have official world golf rankings? Give us the reason. And he's like, they're they're demanding. He's like, first of all, they're demanding to play on the PGA tour. They're demanding to play on the DP World Tour, they're, like, making all of these demands. And this was the first time that I've heard this in this context. I'm like, that actually, like, he's making a lot of good points here around it. Like, you can't really argue as to the fact that, like, they're making demands around things that they don't have control over. And apparently they told these guys... Uh, that they would receive official world golf rankings. They're like, yeah, don't worry about it. We're going to push it through. We're going to get it. That's great lying, though. Exactly. I mean, they got the guy signed up and moved over. So now it's like they're putting the pressure on. But at the same time, you sit there and rules are rules. And I hate (laughs) I'm not a big rule person myself. So I'm sitting there going, yeah, you know, they are. But the big rule that
1: you really can't get around is 72 holes of golf. Well, and then, you know, I saw the list of the same seven things. I think it's seven things you have to have to qualify for world rankings. Yeah. Let me back up. First of all, you know, they're playing, they're 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 acting like they should get world rankings now. Anybody mm-hmm. that applies for world rankings has to wait, has to have a year grace period.
0: That's exactly right. They yeah. want a
1: retroactive and they want an yeah. immediate. Well yeah, well and they're sure not sharing that with the public these live tweeters are they? No. And the seven rules that you have to qualify for and they don't check the box on any of them. No cut 54 holes, you have to have some kind of acute school. I know they're addressing that. You have to have some kind of Monday qualifier and there's four other ones and they're not even they're not even close to smelling any of that. So Well then know, I
0: love the college football reference.
1: Yeah, and or then the Stopper also reference.
0: <laughs> Football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, gotta, we got some international people that uh, lo- love our podcast. So we got to go the traditional route and go football. Um, I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. Probably not. It's more football. But yeah. with that said, they brought up some of the clubs. <laughs> oh, it's like it just fell short, in my opinion, That's being a sports fan. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really resonate with me. Um, I don't know how much it's going to resonate with them. I mean, the only point that was really made that I agree with is that you've got some of the top players in the world playing on that tour that deserve to have official world golf rankings, but the system isn't set up for them to meet the criteria. I mean, there's things that they just do not meet, and they're asking them to change everything, and that's what's interesting. They want the PGA Tour to change They want DP World Tour to change. They want the official world golf rankings to change and bring them in. It's almost like a rich kid that isn't getting his way. I'm just going to pout and complain about it. And I think that's what a lot of people actually took on the live side of this entire debate over the PGA Tour because the PGA Tour was acting like the rich kids. Acting yeah. like, oh, you know, they're the spoiled ones that have all this money, but they're not giving it out. I mean, Jay Monahan, I mean, Wall Street Journal came out with all the private jet travel. I know we yeah. didn't really talk about that ahead of yeah. time, he's but
1: the- I mean, I, you know, I told you we were paired with Charlie Hoffman. He's been a staple on the Pack Board, on the PGA Tour Board, and we, the Players Committee, and we, and we, and I brought that up, and I'm like, can you believe that? And he's like, yeah, what's the, and I'm like, he's like, what do you think? I go, he's the fucking commissioner. Who really... I don't care if you're profit or nonprofit. The fact is, is he's the most important person other than the players. The players are first and foremost. I get it. But as far as brass wise, he's the biggest. He's the fucking commissioner. So it's not okay for him to jam to the vacation house for two days for a weekend. And this is 17 times in five years. It's not like it's happening every other weekend and then jam back into the office to get back to work. And let's be honest. When these guys disappear and go on vacation, if you're commissioner of a major sports league like that, they're fucking working at home. And they're working on that plane. It's not like there's a bunch of broads and a bunch of booze rolling around or something. He's he's a businessman, and, and Charlie said that. Charlie agreed with me. Charlie said the same thing. And Charlie goes and Charlie goes. I, I saw him at I don't know. He saw him at a tournament before the playoffs. And, and Charlie's like, oh well, hey, well, Jay, when did you get into town? And he's like, oh, I flew commercial over. And Charlie's like, you flew commercial. Well, this is before the story broke. Why didn't you? Mm-hmm. And he so Jay was teed up to this yeah. article coming out from the wall street journal. Okay. So you want to know But you how, can't um, backtrack. That's the thing though. Yeah. He made a mistake
0: there because you can't all yeah. of a sudden go and fly a commercial because it ruins your entire well. story around it because they talked about the fact that it's about security. It's about privacy. Mm-hmm. And I, I can buy into those and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Like looking at, I'm obviously wall street journal wanted to go down the path of like like they do in politics and so forth, of looking into, okay, did you file this in yeah. your documents when you file at the end of the year? And, and, of course, the tour, just like everybody else, has their people who probably are like, oh, this is the way you do it. Okay, this is not what we want to do. We don't want to include this stuff. And it's right. like, yes, there's probably that gray area that's going on right there. But I, I didn't have a problem with it.
1: I don't either. He's the fucking commissioner. Yeah. So, um, here's a question. Cause I'm really stupid. Clue me into this. So I don't, I, I was raised Republican. I vote independent. That's my own choice. You know, there's Democrats and there's Republicans is, uh, let me ask you a stupid question. Cause I don't know. Is the PGA tour. Politics-wise, more on the Democratic side, I would say, than the Republican side. And I'm getting at something here because it just seems to me that this whole Greg Norman and Trumpy and having these at Trumps it leads me to believe is like, oh, if you're a Republican, are you the far left or are you the far right? I don't even know that.
0: Do you know that? <laughs> you're on the right. Versus okay. the, le- the left is the liberal side, so that's okay. the way I always remember it. Republican, okay. right, liberal, left.
1: Okay, so did, do you think there's an outside chance that, like, the WSJ, the Wall Street Journal, is predominantly a Republican-based Yeah, I mean, they're all about money. Okay, so isn't that like a fucking paper trail to anybody? No, but
0: Wall Street Journal tends to do a really good job of hiding politics in their stuff. They tend to be very neutral. However, you can definitely tell that they've kind of taken a liking to not live golf, but trying to tear down the PGA Tour because when you have that title of a nonprofit, you really have to play things tight. Like, you, it, it just has that impression that it's like, you know, this needs to be a charity-based organization to get that type of tax exemption.
1: Yeah. And yeah. the
0: PGA Tour, I—that's the one area that I'm like, they need to go and remove that non-for-profit status, and all of yeah. this is going to go away. Like the yeah. private jet usage and all that, yeah. and Jay Monahan's salary and all of that good stuff. It's like all of that goes away as soon as you remove the non-for-profit um, side to it. So I really think. If the PGA Tour moving forward, and I know there's been articles about this and so forth, I've read some of them, and yes, most likely they're going to move, even though the PGA Tour is saying, and they're staying put in terms of, no, our status isn't changing, but they're in the works of moving it to a for-profit organization rather than a non for profit which is what they need to do. And moving forward for the tour and for the health of the tour, they need to go in that direction.
1: Well, that's my conspiracy theory that this whole thing comes down to to politics, because I know Norman's on Capitol Hill now. Well, Now it
0: is. I mean, everything has been divided now to where like, yes, I mean, you well, I see it in forums all the time on social media where it is heavily. I mean, any (laughs) I'm in Arizona, so Trumpsters are everywhere, which I, I. I have friends that are Trumpsters and I so love you, them, I, but, I, like, but yeah. I I stay new. Neut- I hate politics in general. So I tend to stay very neutral on everything. And I'm like, I'm going to vote for the best candidate period. Like right. I don't care about like hard fundamentals and so forth. And right. I'm not going to go to one side just because that's what I believe in. It's like, no, I'm going to go with the best candidate. But when it comes down to this, everybody who is a Trumpster is a live golf person yeah and it's like it that's become very apparent that it's become very politicalized and golf should not be a political entity and that's why i'm just i'm not on board with that whatsoever and that's why i can have a neutral view because i don't view it like politics i view it as two organizations they're not getting along they're competitors and one is stealing away some of the top employees and at the same time that's going to leave some bitterness between the two organizations and they're not necessarily going to work together on stuff and there's going to be some bad blood which is why i try to stay as neutral as possible but talking about that now you don't believe that they should get official world golf rankings or do you
1: I I think they should. I I think it's a shame that some of those bigger players that are still relevant, aren't getting any world ranking points. I know that I know that Patrick Reed's overplaying. Is it what the French open this? Oh yeah. His travel schedule has been nuts. Yeah. So, so much, And he's, well, he's bubble boy, right? He's number 50. So if Augusta, if he doesn't get into Augusta, if they whack that past champions thing and he falls out of the top, 60 I think it might be 60 across the board now if he falls past that he's not getting into he's not getting into any of those majors so so much for the you know I want to stay at home and you know give my daughter some more sticker bars spars and that kind of stuff you know so that's I think that's bullshit hey I didn't tell you but I'm good friends with Andrew Getson, lefty Phil Mickelson's coach um, I got used to be my was, coach back uh yeah, my second fine. stint of the mini tour yeah he so probably has no cook idea cook. who I am but. Yeah, I'm going to run that by <laughs> him time i could Matt Cook play and I'm not even going to tell you what he said um, I, <laughs> but I'm like I was thinking about him he's today. like yes I took that kid's money yeah I hadn't seen, you know, you see, you know, you you hear about Phil and usually you would see pictures of Andrew in the background, his coach. So I'm like, I'm going to reach out to Andrew. And he was giving a lesson to somebody. I think he's still a Greyhawk. He comes back and he's like, hey, man, I haven't talked in a while and that kind of stuff. And I was just more like talking to him to see how he was doing. But I really wanted to know how I've heard it from caddies, but I wanted to know from his perspective. He's a straight shooter, you know. Such a good dude. Well, he's such a great guy, but he, I couldn't, you know, he's a good friend of mine. So I couldn't ask him too many deep questions because I tried to go there a couple of times, but he gave all the right live answers. And he basically came down to this. He's like, Bobby, it's great because you get whatever you want. You know, if a player wants something or if a coach wants something or a caddy wants something, because I know Brooks Kepka went on record. and They were asking him last week, hey, what's the biggest difference? And He went into this big thing about, oh, the caddies are treated like human beings and they get great food and they can drink. Can I just say set the record straight? We're treated fucking great on the PGA Tour. If you would have saw our lunch spread at Napa this year, there is a reason why players come down and eat with us a lot of them, you know, because our food is just as good as upstairs and they don't have to deal with the other players that they're competing against. And everybody wants to hang out with the caddy because we got, we talk shit and we got the scoop on everything. You're also in fucking Napa.
0: I mean, I told my fiance, Alyssa, I was like, listen, we're going to be married next year. So let's go ahead and uh, make that trip out to Napa.
1: She's in. Yeah, so you go, you're going you to be seeing me. You <laughs> expensive. You better book now, pal. Best Western Suites, $207 a night. God damn it. Are you kidding I'm gonna me? I'm going to rent an RV. But I will <laughs> tell you, my Best Western Suites, I'm like, I'm paying $250 a night at Best Western Suites. It's all about fucking location. I got in that room completely remodeled. I was the first one in there. But I don't know what was going on with the lesbos above me because <laughs> it was not fucking scary. They got to do something with those rooms because those two are in love. That's all I can say. They must be in love. And it was always from midnight to 2 a.m. So How I'm can
0: like, you oh. tell it was two girls, Bob?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you can hear everything. <laughs> Very <laughs> walls. It's
0: still a Best Western. It might be a They, having, they might takes, have renovated. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you
1: something. Let me tell you something. You know, they were having from the midnight to two in the morning because my melatonin was. They were having way more fun. My melatonin was backfiring on me with all their antics and shenanigans. I'm way off pace. I'm way off pace again. <laughs> well, so let's anyways, go right back to to Andrew. Uh, let's go back to Andrew. Let's go back, back to my, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, you get whatever you want. But my point was. You know, we're, if you came to a, a tour event and you saw how we were treated as caddies and wh- what we ate every day, you would go, this is awesome. So I think that that's just a crock of shit. It's come a long way in the last 15 years, that's for sure, when I first started. And it's progressively gotten better because the caddy industry, a lot of people will laugh at this, but it's some of us are pretty highly regarded at our job, you know, and we make We make good money and there's multimillionaires out there. Austin Johnson being one of them, you know, guys that you wouldn't even expect, you know, and there's guys with a lot of money. There's guys that are great golfers. There's a lot of guys that played golf in college. It's always edgy. There's no fucking guys. There's a a few guys that'll show up. You can tell they get after it at night that show up a little rough in the mornings, but they fight their way through, but it's it's nothing like it used to be. So we're, everybody know the the PGA tour caddies are treated just fine. Don't listen to Brooks. Those I'm convinced those guys lips are loaded. On these interviews for obvious reasons, but I started asking Andrew some questions, and he wouldn't, he couldn't take the bait. And honestly, I'm like, you know, what I really wanted to know was, can you know, why are these people saying that Xander and Cantlay are leaving, which we all know is the biggest crock of shit? Oh, and he we goes, didn't and get into the uh, president's cup guy who might be leaving. I'm going yeah. to, him. I'm leading into that. You yeah. got, like, I'm leading into that. Sorry, didn't he's mean like, to interrupt you there, Bobby. He's like, man, I, I got he, he goes. He goes, man, I work for I, I work for Phil, you know, other than DJ, he was the original face of this whole thing. And he's like, they keep everything so tight-lipped, not even not even Phil knows who's coming or who's going for the most part. And if he does, he's not sharing it with Andrew, that's for sure. And he told me that he goes, you know what the big rumor going around is. And, and I go, what? I go, Xander or Patrick? He goes, No, nah, those guys ain't coming. There's no way. They got too much more to do. And then the face of the PGA tour. My old boss, Siwoo Kim the rumors going around out there that obviously he has I don't know if our people know this, but he's got a slight gambling problem. Loves to play 21 and doesn't know how to say no. And he'll bet 18 soccer games a day if he can. And um, now he's a football genius and he lives in Dallas. So he's going to lose a lot of money betting on the Cowboys this year. So that's the big rumor going around is that Siwoo's thinking about going. And I could see it with Siwoo. I could see him taking 30 to $50 million and not have to worry about the PGA Tour anymore. I mean, it would crush me. It would crush me even more because you remember when he fired Brian on Friday, he called me up that night and he's like, hey, bro, you won't come back to work for me? And now I'm like, all right, this motherfucker goes to the fucking live tour and I'm missing out on all that jack. Then my path wasn't supposed to be my path anyways. But I did, did text his new caddy, Manny Vajegas, today, um, uh, Camille's little brother, and I'm like, hey, bro. I'm So I kind of teed him up a little bit. I go, between me and you, do a really good job because if this rumor's true that Siwoo's going to, you know, you definitely want to be a big part of those because Si would be, you know, Si Woo's big deal is he plays great four or five weeks out of the year. It's 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 bust, you know, it's either break or have a chance to win. And that's I think that's perfect for a 54-hole format. So well, it's funny. As he, soon
0: as you told me on the podcast a couple episodes back, that all he does is hit straight golf shots. Yes. I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> Obviously, you caddied four of them,
1: and yeah. you can see the fucking
0: ball flights. So yes. it's not like yeah. I didn't believe you. But all yeah. of a sudden I'm watching him on TV and I'm like, holy yeah. shit.
1: Oh, never right?
0: He never yeah. curves the goddamn golf ball. Oh. There's no oh. artistry whatsoever. It's, it's just dead it, straight, dead straight, yeah, dead it, straight.
1: It, it's weird. Most of those Koreans are like that too. Sung hits it super straight. Young Tom Kim hits it super straight. KH Lee hits it super straight. There's not they don't really try and curve anything in there or you know, they just Is it because go, they strive for perfection in their I culture? So. and they go with every and they go with every flag too, you know. Hey, golf's also, a lot easier if you can hit a straight ball. If the straight ball is your go-to shot, is I don't it? think so. No, you think it's the, the straight top? the straight yeah. ball is the hardest shot to hit. It is. It is. But there's more margin for error if you're hitting a straight ball all the time and it falls a little bit left and you've hit your target as far as a little bit right. You're probably going to be in good. You know, you're probably going to be in a good situation. Well, that's probably why it plays so damn well. Well, I think it's the rhythm too. Right? Their rhythm is. There's not a ton of speed in their. There's not a ton of speed in their action. Granted, Siwoo is. You know, he is a bomber for a Korean, and he's been trying to be a bomber for two or three or four years. So we'll be interested to see if, you know, if that if that shakes out. I did read that it was like a breaking Which, what group. What's his ranking right now? Uh, I'm going to say, nah, he's probably, I should know this, but he's definitely, he's fell back a little bit. He's got to be high 60s, low 70s. Okay, because everybody
0: was kind of coming out. With the top, there's going to be another top 25 guy leaving. And that's where Xander,
1: Cantlay, Rom got thrown around. That's those live live tweeters starting trouble. See, here's the deal. I don't see anybody from the PGA Tour or the PGA Tour has anybody on their payroll Twitter-wise that's just going up and making up all this bullshit and firing from the hip. You only see it from these these live guys, right? Well, Well, then I, I got blasted. And I'm like, man...
0: Bobby is on the inside of this entire thing and and they're like you'd be you're a moron and and this is to me you're a moron and your podcast would do a lot better if you actually had insider information and blah 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 saying that John Rom 100% was 100% committed to live golf and this and that and maybe it broke down at the last minute I'm like he was Are never you fucking kidding it. me? Did you see his tweet? Like, yeah. back at the guy who freaking was considered the live insider? Right. Like, we're not right. fucking joking around here. We're not doing this for our health. We're not guessing. Like, no. We're, we're fucking guessing. getting real information from multiple sources and yeah. it's like... Go fuck okay. yourself, guys. Yeah, but not anyway. like me. <laughs> no, because well, wanna, what's, what's funny is like these people like. think they get me worked up. It's hilarious because I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. And I laugh at them because I'm like, you're the fucking idiot. Yeah. You're sitting there thinking. And what's awesome about these fans is that, so, like, and now we got like we've got some real haters, which I, I love because that means we're making it. But yeah. <laughs> when all of a sudden the haters are chiming in, going, well you know, this guy and this guy are doing this and this. And I'm like, where's your sources? Like, who are you talking where, to? Where they and they're that? just like, they're speculating. They're sitting there watching the Golf Channel and speculating or going on Twitter and getting information from somebody just tweeting. Yeah, it's fucking he, stupid.
1: And that's my whole point. You got Phil Mickelson who started this basically was the first big name other than Dustin to go. He was. You know, he was the ringleader. You know, and if and if they're not telling him anything, if he – you know, and they and Phil's coach who's with them 12 to 14 hours a day, if you've ever seen them together. They're they're inseparable. I mean, these guys, they're just shooting from the hip. They're just they're just causing problems, is what they're doing. God I love like, it. I fucking yeah, love it, though, Bobby. I love the drama.
0: I love the shit that goes on. Like, this has been great for media. It's been great for us because we get to sit here and talk shit about it. And it's fucking phenomenal. But let's How talk about, about good wait, old wait, Bryson. One more thing. Oh, okay. Well,
1: before we get into the big social. I mean, I want to get into that one because yeah. I love that. Did You see that Patrick's law, uh, Patrick Reed's lawyer that's, that's doing the lawsuit for him against the Golf Channel, Brandon Chablis, got suspended from legal practice in D.C. for some shadiness from like 10 years ago or 12 years ago oh so, that's shocking Bobby yeah nice is hire,
0: shocking
1: <laughs> nice hire Patrick but you know, T is up for the most exciting part. oh Sorry, my Mac, god
0: so there was the I mean if you like MMA if you like boxing this is the battle of the century yes. which is Bryson DeChambeau Versus the barrier rope at the live golf Uh event. And my God, did Bryson go down? He lost his eyesight. He thought he was blind. It was absolutely incredible moment to where he was dropping F bomb after F bomb. He goes, what the fuck were you doing? Fuck you. What the fuck? I can't fucking see anymore. My fucking eyeball. And yet, Bryson was winning the game in Chicago. They yeah. like all the articles started coming about uh, out about this hot chick who's clearly in it God. for his yeah. fucking handsomeness because, I mean, she's a smoke show and you got him.
1: Uh, I, I don't know what like are they talking calculus like, I, you know what he, the last smoke show we had, he had for two or three years when she would come out and you're like, how long is this going to last? Because how could you go home with that fucking dork? And a lot of calculations think, going on. Hey, babe, yeah, you're about
0: 10%. You got to shut that door to, to good old 0% there.
1: But is she a golfer at UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio? I did read that she played in a women's AM, so she must have a little bit of game, but I can Well, she imagine.
0: might idle him as like a golfer and how yeah. far he can hit it because- Uh-oh. It's like those commercials back in the day, Bobby. I don't know if you were around back then, but uh, chicks dig the long bull.
1: Yeah, they do. I was was around a lot before that, but you want my two cents worth on the whole Bryson versus the rope thing? Yeah,
0: give it it to me.
1: Well, number one, you know, I don't like that caddy, you know, with his long socks and his colored pencils and that kind of stuff. And I just want to tell him face to face, if you're using colored pencils on the greens, that's breaking a USGA rule. Because when they change these green, when they change these books on your green diagrams, you can't use any colors. You can only use Ooh. pencil or, or pen and it has to be black. Because the fact is, and I it wouldn't surprise me if this team Chambeau was cheating a little bit out there. Because he was so into those greens books and those slopes, you could color code in red, orange on four or five you know purple six or seven percent but the one thing you learn as a caddy as an experienced caddy is guys don't hit it straight all the time right you're constantly lifting ropes so if you see an experienced caddy and player come from underneath the ropes watch what the caddy does he leads he holds the rope He holds it up yeah and he waits until player a is all the way through and out of the way and then we let it go down and i can't tell you how many times i've done that thousands of times in my little measly career and the only thing I worry about is once he gets through safe is sometimes I put him down too quick or the marshal's trying to put him down and they'll get hung up on my fucking clubs back there right And I'm like if he snaps his fucking driver you know but that was the cat that wasn't the volunteer you got if I watched it times and I slowed down in slow motion that was fucking dingleberry out there let it go down on his old man on his own man and I'm like oh my god what a fucking shit show and the way that the way that he hit the ground, but the most impressive thing is that little bitch, the way he grabbed the towel out of his caddy's hand, because he knew his fucking caddy did it. He and clearly could see. <laughs> he knew his fucking caddy did. Are you all right? No, I'm not fucking all right. I can't see out of my and he's holding his left eye. Did you notice that? And he goes, I can't see out of my right eye. And I'm yeah. like, Man, I don't even think that got him that bad. And he's down. No, on it got him TV. on the forehead. I oh, mean, I, I I
0: truth be told, folks, and here is a humbling moment. I have tried to get under a rope before and I've missed like that and it doesn't hurt. It's just embarrassing. And like, that's the thing. His pride was hurt, but then what he did to the poor, I mean, the guy tried to help him up and he's like, I can't fucking see. And (laughs) it's like, how bad are you going? Like how bad are you going to make that poor guy feel? Because it wasn't his fault, the volunteer yeah. or I don't know if they're. I mean, Liv's throwing money at everybody, so I don't even think they have volunteers. That's yeah, probably company, an employee of here. Liv. Yeah, uh, that dude, that dude's making bank. Maybe two fifty. He's getting mm-hmm. that money, <laughs> just fucking holding ropes. Apparently, yeah. I wonder if a rope guy can get fined. But if you replay it back and move it in slow motion, you're gonna see that this was nobody's fault except for Bryson. He misjudged the level of the rope. And if I'm to analyze this, I mean, the rope clearly was, it wasn't Goliath. He was definitely David. And
1: David fucking smoked him right in the head. Yeah, well, you know, the only it's early in the week is when those ropes are tight, like on Thursdays and Fridays. It wasn't even tight. There's a whole setup crew that travels with the PGA Tour and they're pounding those things in and they're tight. But by the time Sunday rolls around, when you're in certain areas where the driver's going to land or going left or right, those things are loosened up pretty good. But to me, it was clear as day that the fucking caddy shot the rope a little bit too early. Bryson misjudged it, almost lost an eyeball. But all of America got to see what a little bitch he is. I'm going to tell you this story in 2008 team when i want, i want to say it was his first or second year out and i was working for siwoo when we were at mayakoba i think i shared this like when i was when mikey was on the show yeah but i think so but we are playing through the first round and was missed a uh, missed a few he ends up missing a few greens you know pin high right or pin high left and bryson's got putts right and so Bryson's going through his whole thing, but I'm not talking about Siwoo missing a green by 10 yards. I'm talking about this fucking far off where Siwoo's looking at this thing and he's reading it and Bryson's tracking his line. He's walking in and out of his line doing his own thing. And so after the first time, Wu looks at me and he goes, he goes, what the fuck, bro? And I'm like, oh, see, he's in his own little fucking world. We should know this. We've been paired with him before. So the second time it happens, now Siwoo is. Not speaking good English at this time. And he goes, this fucking guy don't know I play Here's champ. He hasn't win jack shit out here. He give me no respect. He only worry about him. Third time it happens. And we're playing with Zach Johnson. And now Zach Johnson notices it too, right? So the third time it happens, Siwoo tells me, gives me a fucking direct order. You will tell this motherfucking guy he don't walk in player's champ line. He wait for his turn. I play golf too, not just him. We threesome, bro threesome you tell him that so zach hears this thing and he goes honestly bob i think that's probably something that siwoo should have a conversation with and not you and i go the problem is zach is that the communication siwoo can't say what he really wants to say unless genius bryson who barely got through calculus i heard and was life and death to graduate from smu thank you josh gregory his college coach for that inside (laughs) information that people you know that so but
0: we have no insider information bobby we, we yeah, have we'll no run. sources well,
1: you're a fucking moron man it was right there <laughs> in the guy's text. jesus christ i mean clearly <laughs> Rob was going <laughs> so it, it so I don't say shit to Bryce the around because I'm like, I'm uncomfortable about it. But I start stewing about it all night, you know. And see who's like, you have to talk with him. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna do it in the morning. He goes, Oh, you big pussy. So I see Tim Tucker, his caddy on the putting green walking out. And I go, hey man, come here for a sec. I go, listen, I don't want to start any shit or anything like that, but fucking Siwoo is fucking bent over the way your man keeps tracking his line and that kind of stuff. I'm like, don't say don't tell anything to Bryson, maybe phrase it the right way. Like, Hey, Bryson, wait for them to play or something like that. And so I see Tim Walko, and I'm friends with Tim good and I still am to this day, but I'm still pissed about this. I see him walk right over to Bryson. Bryson drops his fucking putter, comes steamrolling towards me. Oh, no. It's about six and Zach's sitting there and he gets about six inches from me. He goes, you got a fucking problem with me? And I go, no, actually my problem, if my player has a fucking problem with you being a fucking idiot out there and tracking his line. He goes, he was chipping. I go, Bryson, he was a fucking yard off the green and he's trying to read a putt and you're fucking walking back and forth doing right in front of him and figuring out if you hit it two feet by. It's going to break a fucking ball or a ball in a fucking millimeter. And he goes, well, it'd be nice if you would have said something to me, not a fucking caddy like that, right? And I go, go fuck yourself. And And he just turned and walked away. Zach Johnson comes up to me and goes, that really just happened. I wish I had it on video. So to all our listeners, our viewers out there, Bryson's a fucking douchebag. He's always been a douchebag. He will always be a douchebag. And nobody is happier than this co-host right here that he has lost his game the last two years chasing the distance and broke himself down because golf isn't all about numbers folks. And the USGA and the R&A already made that happen, taking the greens books out of these guys. hands. Dustin Johnson is always going to be a chance to be the number one player in the world when he wants to be the number one. Is
0: live golf, not the perfect tour though, for Dustin Johnson. It's a casual tour that literally he's just thriving in. I mean, yeah. he just puts up numbers every single week now. 10
1: million. He's made more than ten million dollars in four events or five events. And who's more happier than Paulina? Everybody gets to see her at the hooker party. And now they got these wives and these girlfriends get their own fucking golf carts to drive around out there during the round. Have you? And they got a beer cart rolling around. I saw how classy is this tour. And did you see the thing where Janice Ings Brooks Kepka's fucking wife was driving her golf cart around? Listen, I'm going to go somewhere that people are going to probably going to lose some view. On oh, this no. one, I'm gonna say this first though. I am the biggest dog fan in the whole world. I have an 11 year old soft coated wheat interior that still thinks he's a puppy, Charles. He's sitting in the I've got a
0: golden there. doodle named okay. Happy after I've Happy Gilmore, so we're dog, we're dog people.
1: Yeah, sheep dogs, Rottweilers, and there's always been a dog by my side my whole life. But Jenna Sims driving around during a tournament round in her cart with her dog. That's not like a real golf tour to me, Matt. It just seems so fucking circus. Well, they're going
0: after a demographic, right? And I think they're uh, hitting that they demographic. I mean, I mean, I saw there so many people that
1: do lines are going to these golf tournaments.
0: Oh, they're ripping rails. But here's yeah. the thing: when we look at the bar car. <laughs> I saw the best. I saw the best comment, and this is actually a neutral comment because it wasn't hating on it. But it's like, I wonder how many times those bar cards. Are litter- or those cart girls are going to <laughs> drive while somebody's <laughs> trying to tee off? And it was so spot on. I don't know. I, there's been so many times to where I'm like about to about to hit a drive, or I'm in my backswing and I hear that cart coming up, and I'm like, oh man, that is so money. That was such a great comment, and it was Whoa. so neutral too because it wasn't shitting on it. It was more so like.
1: This, if they got beer chicks out there driving around, I'm going to drop a little dime right now. This could be the start, the demise of all all the personal shit that bad decisions Dustin's made. that His career is still flourishing like this. This could be the start to the end of him because he had a little incident with a with a cart girl at Reynolds Plantation during an outie. Oh one. no, Reynolds you know Plantation. What I'm about. Yeah, I mean, last um, week we were on Madison Club. <laughs> yeah, no, it's now Reynolds Plantation. Apparently, somebody got some a big check underneath the table or something. Great
0: place, me. by the way.
1: Yeah, somebody getting a little Used to have the made
0: Kingdom out there. I wonder why yeah, that he was I think going
1: out there. Was, I think that's why he was there. He was doing something with TaylorMade or Chick Fil A's big. Chick Fil A's big there. He might have been doing. I do
0: doing- love a good Chick Fil A in Georgia. Yeah. I, I mean, there's kids, nothing like it.
1: My kids go, we have one right down the streets. My kids can't wait for it. Oh my God. I eat me up some. I will tell you what, Dustin Johnson has brought a lot into my life, but he was the first one to turn me onto Chick fil A because we were in Jackson, Mississippi one year and we were running a little late. And he, old country boy, had to get, he goes like, Bob, let's go with this Chick fil A, man. They got these great breakfast burritos with chicken. And they I'm do. like, I Oh my God. That's Chick-fil-A. my favorite, I said, Dustin. But Bob, <laughs> I'm you with sauce. So, where do you have this jalapeno sauce? Sauce. So I'm like, I, I got two of those things and I ate them in about 1.8 seconds. I go, this Dustin Johnson, a fucking genius. Yeah, They're, they're
0: so good. Genius. I've been eating those breakfast burritos since I was in college, my man.
1: When do they play? When do they play again? I got so burped up like a motherfucker. It's going like, to
0: be, it's going to be a couple of weeks, I think.
1: Yeah. Cause they're not, they're not, they're not stupid enough to go against this tournament. They no. maybe it's, maybe it's the week after next. I don't know, Yeah, but they got to go
0: all the way to Thailand. They yeah, is to that what it is,
1: Bangkok? Yeah, maybe, it is. maybe they... I'm going to have to check because it, it would be right up Greg's alley to schedule it against a tournament like Jackson or something like that who gets some good players but doesn't get anything that the... you No, know, he's,
0: he's done it very smart. I mean, Greg is a good businessman, I'm not going to lie, but at the same time, that hard-on for the PGA yeah. Tour is pretty apparent. I mean, he's pretty much
1: made it well-known. Hey, I asked Andrew. I dropped the Mark King thing on Andrew too, right? And I'm like, hey, man, I'm... You know, I know you get in everything, but, but, you know, my uncle's Gary Bizance. He started Cobra golf clubs with Tom Crow and I'm kind of like bullshitting a little bit. I'm like, man, he's good friends with Mark King. And he, and he kind of told me Mark King, we got the call and he's coming in and that kind of stuff. There was crickets on that phone for like 45 seconds. He goes, Oh, I don't know anything about that. So
0: Bobby, I'm, I mean, you've got yeah. multiple sources on that yes, one. So yes, that, yeah. that one we know is happening, but I think they're trying to keep it under wraps because there's been nothing, yeah. nothing about this at all outside of us and what's interesting is that he might not have told taco bell yet
1: yeah yeah that's true yeah
0: that could be a good point or they're working on the exit like there's all of these factors that go into play but man and it kind of is apparent too because who is big behind the lawsuit against the PG tour and all these guys are dropping out now. I mean, even yeah. Phil might be dropping out. Yeah, of that he is. Lawsuit. I heard he
1: is. I did read he is dropping yeah. out. Well, I told you my the reason why Perez dropped out is because if you lose that lawsuit, those players are responsible for paying both sides' attorneys' fees, and you know, and if this this money is like people are telling me, this money that Perez is making is coming out of that ten million dollars, then you know, he's probably not going to want to pay a million dollars out of his pocket or whatever it is for all these for all these fees. I'm no, but let's. At-
0: I mean, we we hit on Bryson versus the rope. I mean, that's the big one. I mean, yeah. true colors were shown. Yeah. I, I really want to get back to that one because when he said he can't see. Yeah. And then you can tell that the fucker can see. Yeah. He's yeah. grabbing towels. Like,
1: if, if, you've ever, towel.
0: if you've ever seen somebody who's lost their eyesight for a second, yeah. the other yeah. eye's not quite working either. So, right. I mean, MMA fighters have been hit a lot harder yeah. In the eyeball, or been finger poked, and it yeah. takes them 30 seconds to bounce yeah. right back. Um, I also saw one, and I don't think Brooks actually said this. I think it was from like the one of those golf uh, memes on Instagram. But uh, it was, it, it showed Brooks at the podium doing a, an interview, and it had the uh, text next to it that said. I've been telling you guys for so long now that Bryson is the biggest pussy in, in, in
1: right. professional
0: sports.
1: <laughs> Did you see the one thing I could think about was when that caddy snapped that rope and he, Bryson grabbed the towel from him. That caddy w- looked like any dog that's in big trouble with their tail between their legs. I bet he got the fuck out of there after he well, got up real quick and started walking away. Yeah, from Bryson, but he he was, Bryson
0: was looking at the fricking uh, volunteer. Or yeah. the the live yeah. employee, and like yeah. he was blaming him. I think the caddy yeah. knew that it
1: was him, yeah. and yeah. that he he was oh, like, "I'm getting the, the fucking hell it out was of Dodge the here." The, the, the volunteer gets the bad rep because his is the last hand on there, you know, when it when it happens. But you can see that you can see the caddy. I
0: love it. it. Well,
1: let me go over a quick
0: live golf recap of Chicago because it was actually a pretty good event. Yeah. I mean, give a quick shout out to Cam Smith. What a yeah. goddamn legend with that fucking mullet. But live golf did steal. So they were handing out mullets or shaving people's sides yeah. and everything. But here's the key. Right behind them was a logo of a live golf hat with no eyes. And Mm -hmm. it was of a face with a mullet. But guess Mm -hmm. whose logo is exactly the same that they ripped off? The Fat Perez. And I know people are going to say, it's not the Fat Perez, it's Fat Perez. No, it like, I said it on the very first podcast. I call FP, like, we talk on a weekly basis, whether it's messages on Instagram or so forth, but we literally communicate and he doesn't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. It literally is. The fat Perez because he's an entity, right? It's not fat perez that he's fat. It's the right. fact that it is the fat Perez that somebody called him that, that he used to play golf with. But I can't believe they ripped off his logo. Did you see
1: how close that was? No, I have to check. I'm not I'm not a huge fat Perez guy. I know he's he's I know he can I wouldn't would, would have known I, I never would have known anything about him if he didn't show up on your show, honestly, to tell you the truth. And they showed up on Shinnecock and I saw him walking walking by a couple times and people were wondering if he was Pat Perez but they stole his logo. I'm going to now, now when we're done with this, I'm going to, I'm going to Google it up and check it out and I'll, I'll dive in with you. Yeah. Next it's week. bad, but
0: next week. yeah. Anyways, Cam yes. Smith wins by three, which yep. Cam Smith's second event DJ won in his second event. So yep. all of this is kind of tied together, getting a little bit comfortable out there, but can we talk about the story of live golf Chicago And if anybody disagrees with me here, the biggest story out of this entire thing is fucking Peter Uline. Yeah. My God. He fucking not only showed up, Bobby, but this dude was dropping 20, 25 footers to save cars.
1: I was rooting for him for sure. He was
0: making fucking everything under pressure. The guy hasn't been under that kind of pressure in forever for that amount of
1: money. I mean, maybe. maybe Maybe just coming into his own because i've i've said on on i've said on a previous broadcast before when i was working for kyle stanley there were three big players out of that those two years and i asked kyle i go who were the who were who the best players other than you kyle you were the top three player he goes when i went to a tournament i knew i was the guy to beat unless peter uline or dustin johnson were in the field so he was he was highly regarded amongst his peers you know way back when and you know his dad you know his dad is see the the yeah, 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 yeah. So he's not he hasn't had his tough, yeah, had it tough his whole life and maybe he's toughening it up now. I'm glad his, I'm honestly glad his caddy, Zach Guthrie, had a nice little lick right there. He is Luke Guthrie's brother and Zach, and Luke was a star at Illinois. He's kind of lost his game in the last few years. Zach was the assistant coach of that Illinois team and then when his brother got to where he started caddying and, and, He's jumped around a couple bit, a little bit, and but he's finally landed on a bag. I believe he was on Tyler Duncan's bag when he won Sea Island. That was his first taste of some real big money. But he got some real big, real big money last week. So heads up to you, Zach. Yo, Peter, and Peter, yeah, but
0: P- Peter Uline, man. I, <laughs> I, I watched. I, I saw the three of them. Right. So you got Cam Smith, Peter Uline, and you've got Dustin Johnson in the same group. Cam's yeah. wearing pants, looking like yeah. a pro. You yeah. got DJ wearing pants, looking like a pro. And then you got Peter Uline with two buttons unbuttoned yeah. and sweat marks on the hat. You can tell yeah. that, you know, his dad didn't send him a new Titleist hat. That thing had <laughs> sweat marks from like three months ago. And he's just wearing the same thing. He's got the casual golf FootJoy <laughs> golf shoes on and he's wearing shorts. And I'm sitting there in, at the very beginning of the round. I'm like, oh, man, if this is like. If this tells the story right here, we've got uh, two pros playing with an amateur. But yeah. my God, was I so fucking amateur impressed. Good. He was money. And when I say money, like this guy was fucking dropping 25 foot putts for par. Yeah. I'm like, and left and right. And I'm just like, dude, you got some fucking balls. To yeah. be out there playing with Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and to play this way. So yeah. shout out to you, Peter Uline, because you fucking became the man at the yeah. Live Golf Chicago. And that was my biggest takeaway from that.
1: Another amateur that played really good was this guy named Chase Kepka. He kicked the shit out of his older brother, Books Kepka. Let's end it on that. That's a <laughs> uh, mini hit. Let's God. end it on that.
0: And then the Aces win four straight. So uh, yeah. they're they're yeah. just kind of dominating.
1: Dynasty. Kind of
0: Bobby, once again, thanks, thank bro. Thank you so much. Have thanks a great rest of your me. night.
1: Check in with you you next week on our little President's Cup recap, and then we'll get ready for Jackson, Mississippi. Have a great night, buddy. You too, Bobby.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more.